Amen. I'll turn your attention tonight to Colossians chapter 3. And if you, uh, if you like doggy earing your pages, we're going to be in Colossians tonight, so that'd be okay. I'm not a fan of uh, doggy ears or marking up my Bible, but if you're a fan of putting a post-it note or keeping a thumb in there, we're going to be in Colossians a lot tonight. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead. Powerful words on a Wednesday night. You are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. In God. Tonight, just for a few moments, I'd like to talk on the subject hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We're thankful tonight, God, for your power and for your presence today. Lord, we thank you for the atmosphere of worship that's in this place. I thank you, Jesus, for the, the saints that have gathered here tonight, God, to learn more of you today, Jesus. I ask that over the next few minutes, you would anoint your hearer and your speaker today, God, to dive into your word today, Jesus, and to gain something, to gain some new life out of your life giving scriptures. We love you today, Jesus, and we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've got two boys, Elias and Zion. Usually you'll see them running around church after service is over or before service or even during service. There was one Wednesday night where I was teaching and Sister Marla Duvall came and said, Elias just ran down the center aisle, this is at the annex, ran down the center aisle and sat on the steps and was swinging his feet in the middle of worship service and took off and ran back. And I said, well, he's seen other people run the aisles. He probably just thinks it's the right thing to do. I love my boys. Elias is four. Zion is quick to be two. And uh, I'm told that by my father-in-law and my parents that this is, the, this is the greatest time of my life. Everything at our house seems to be a mess and kind of sticky, but they say this is the greatest time of my life. I'm living, I'm living in the best days of my life, and it's, it's kind of cool just watching them grow up. Zion is almost two, so he's starting to understand what we're doing and what we're playing around in the house, and it's just fun. You can, you can just be in the room or, or anywhere in the house and just yell, quick, hide, and man, it doesn't matter what they're doing. They'll drop everything. They'll, they'll duck on the floor. Usually if we're in their bedroom, they'll go jump in their bedroom. Elias will bury his face under the pillow. Zion will get under a blanket. We just hide. Sometimes I'll get in there too and we'll, we'll hide. And sometimes we're hiding from mom. We just want mom to come find us. We're not hiding from anything in particular. We're just hiding. And then we like lift up the blanket a little bit and Zion is like, ah! And he just, he's so happy to be under there. And then Kaylin comes and get us and he doesn't get that we're supposed to like be hiding. So then he tries to get out and and Elias will stay hid. And there's just something fun and comforting to them about hiding under the comforter with dad. Just finding that little hiding place with dad. I can just shout, hide. Boom. They'll just go get in the hiding spot and just get down. And there's something comforting and, and securing about just finding that, that little hiding spot. What are you hiding from? Well, nothing. I just, just found a spot that's comfortable. I just want to stay here. I love it. There's, there's portions in my life where I have prayed Lord, hide me. Lord, I just want to be tucked away in that place. Maybe life is getting too stressful on you, and you just want to, you want to pull that comforter over your head, the, the Holy Ghost comforter. You want to pull that Holy Ghost comforter over your head and just, and just hide. 
just want to find that place, that place of security and solitude with your heavenly father. There's hiding mentioned all throughout the scriptures. We're going to go quickly through some Psalms. Psalm 61, from the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. I just get this image in my mind of being covered by the wings of God, by his presence. I just want to be sheltered by the spirit of God. Psalm 91, Sister Rosemarie, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide, live, dwell in the, under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. These are psalms, these are songs that the children of Israel would sing back to themselves about the kingdom of God. Psalm 27 For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Psalm 31, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. If there's anyone ever been around someone who just had a lot of pride exuding from them and you just wanted to get away and you just wanted to bask in the presence of God and hide from that. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Anyone ever had anything said bad about you? You just wanted to, you just wanted to go crawl in a, in, a, in a place and hide away with the Lord. Psalm 32, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I just want to be covered with a song of deliverance. I just want to find this hiding place in Jesus Christ that he's going to preserve me from these things. It's been said that the Psalms uh, could, could essentially be a, a virtual temple, if you will, for the Israelites back in the day when, when their temple had been overthrown and destroyed. They didn't have a place to go worship. And they could turn to these Psalms and they could open it up and they could have the story of the kingdom of God and redemption sung back to them. And and they didn't have a a Spotify to go put on their favorite song. And they didn't have YouTube to go put on their favorite sermon and and listen to a good preacher get them out of that place. They needed some place to go to. And the Psalms could be this, this virtual temple, this virtual tabernacle where they could just hear and imagine with word pictures the, the imagery of dwelling in the secret place of God. All through the Psalms, you'll find mention of hiding in Jesus Christ, hiding in his presence, hiding under the shadow of his wings, just being covered and being protected in this secret place. There is a place. Brother Tyreek Andrews preached this message at our Gatlinburg Youth Retreat last year. There is a place where you can find the glory of God. If you look to uh, Exodus 33, Moses, after the golden calf, after dealing with everything the children of Israel uh, were rebelling with, he is, he is beside himself. And he goes back up to the mountain. He says, Lord, I, I'm, my heart is overwhelmed and I need help in this moment. He says, I, I need something to get me out of this, this funk that I'm in. I need help. He says, show me your glory. He's overwhelmed with everything, the, the, the debauchery that's happening back in the camp. And he says, I, I need help, God. I need you just to breathe a little bit of encouragement into my life. He says, show me your glory. And the Lord says, Exodus 33 and 20, the Lord says, thou canst not see my face and there shall no man see and live. 
And the Lord said, Behold, but there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come uh, to pass when my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Moses in his limited human form cannot handle the unlimited glory of God. And God knows this, so he says, I'm gonna give you just a glimpse, but I'm gonna gonna tuck you away in this place. And I'm here to tell you, if there's ever a point in your time where you become overwhelmed with life, there is a place you can find in God where his glory will be shown to you. And when you leave that secret place, your face will be glowing and people will go, my goodness, surely you have been somewhere that we have not because you just look different. You must have seen the glory of God and Moses' skin was, was radiating just from seeing the hinder parts of God. There is a place in God. There is a hiding place in God. Has, it, has anyone ever been there where you just, wanted, you just wanted a secret place that you could find in the presence of the Lord? Maybe life just gets too much and you just, I just, I need to get away. I need to get away in him. My prayer has often been, hide me, Lord. I don't want to be seen, God. I, I, I want your presence to cover me. I want your presence to envelop me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Tyler's faults and failures and shortcomings, and I just want to be enveloped by the presence of God. Hide me, Lord. Hide me. Cover me, oh God. And so we're going to turn back to Colossians, and we're going to walk uh, now almost verse by verse, to to learn what Paul is talking about, hiding your life with Christ in God. The church uh, in Colossae was dealing with a couple different uh, theologies that are not true, and Paul is trying to kind of sort them out. He's not there, he's in prison, and he's sending a letter to the church so that they can uh, have some of these things sorted out. We're gonna start in Colossians chapter two. If you brought your Bibles, this is the time to to start marking it up. Colossians chapter two and verse four, Paul says, in this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. He says, let me try to help you out with your, your misunderstandings here. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit joyful in beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith your faith in Christ. It had been reported to Paul in prison that this church, though he did not plan, is blossoming. And he says, let me just help you out here. Verse six, as ye have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now let's be very clear. Salvation alone is found in the book of Acts. And so when he is writing to this church here in the book of Colossians, he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, they had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when he's talking to these people. He's not talking to people about finding a hiding place and that being the Holy Ghost. He's talking about you've already had the Holy Ghost. You've already received the Spirit of God. And so walk ye in that Spirit. Anytime that there's going to be a a in him or in God or in Christ, I want you just to take note of that. There's one in that verse right there. Walk ye in him. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Here's where uh, Paul now begins to tell uh, the church about the, suffic- the sufficiency of Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. 
in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. And we'll just put a, a pause right there in the story tonight. And we've got another baptism happening this evening. Uh, my cousin, London Tierney, will be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. We are excited for that. There seems to have been a baptism anytime we gather, and even when we don't gather, there seems to be a baptism. There was a baptism last Wednesday, Brother Mark. Sister Alexis had a baptism this past Friday. Uh, there was a baptism Sunday. There's a baptism tonight. People are just being buried with him in baptism. Amen. We're finding that hiding place in Jesus Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all of your trespasses. This is why Jesus Christ is enough, because verse, uh, verse 14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. All of the things that you did wrong, all of the sins, all of the failures, all of the shortcomings, all of the mistakes, he took it. He blotted it out and he took it to the cross and he nailed it to the cross. He spoiled principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or in the new moon or in the Sabbath days. There was some, uh, there was some legalism going on here in the church that was trying to, to turn the church away. And he says, don't, don't worry about these people who are trying to, trying to mess with your head on this. These things are just a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. The reality is Jesus Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary uh, humility and worshiping of angels. Don't let them trick you into that either. It's not about mysticism. Intruding into those things which you have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. These are all things made up by a human mind. Not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead in Christ from the rudiments of this world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Now, I, I, I was a, a drummer in high school, so rudiments are a very uh, a word that got tossed out a lot to us. Rudiments is just a very, the basic movements. It's just the very basic things you need to know. It's the very basic. It's not, it's not getting into like special stuff. It's just the rudiments. It's the very basic foundational principles that happen. And so he says, wherefore, if you are dead with Christ from the rudiments of this world, that means there are very basic things that this world and the flesh is going to try to make you just do. The very basic movements of this life and of this flesh, if you're dead to that, uh, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to the ordinances? If you're living in Christ, then don't be caught up with doing the things, the, the fundamental things that the world is having you to do. There was this, this idea, touch not, taste not, handle not, was a philosophy, uh, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. These were just things that was passing through the culture at the time. And he says, if you're dead with Christ and you're living with him, then don't be caught up in these things. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom, there's a show of wisdom, in will worship or in strong willpower and humility and the neglecting the body, but not in honor to satisfying the flesh. He's saying these things can look like they're fruitful, but they're actually not. It's all legality stuff. 
Colossians chapter 3, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So for the past couple of minutes, we've been reading through this this in Christ and in him, and these things we're going to do to dwell in Jesus Christ and to be hidden in his presence. And, And that all sounds like a really good thing, but practically, what does that look like? And this is where Paul starts to turn the page. Verse five of chapter three, he says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, those those rudimentary things. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake, for which things sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which you also walked some time when you lived in those things. Romans chapter eight and verse thirteen. When you when you look here at verse five, it says, "Mortify therefore your members." Okay, Tyler. So is there is this a thing that I can do? On my own? No. Mortifying your members and killing the rudiments of this fleshly world is a thing that only happens by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, then you shall live. Living in the Spirit requires living in the Spirit. I know, that was deep, right? But there's a lot of people who live in the spirit who still live in the flesh. There's a lot of people who have been filled with the spirit at one time but still walk in the flesh. If ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And so when we talk about being dead and your life is hid with Christ, it's a thing that we wanna do. We wanna have that step of faith to be hidden in Christ and die to our fleshly selves, but mortifying the deeds, the, the, the fleshly desires, the rudiments, the, the animations of this world that our fleshly fallen nature just want to do is a thing that can only happen through the spirit, through the spirit. Then he goes on to list a bunch of ugly things, and we turn our noses at those things, and then he reminds us, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in those things. Now also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds." If we desire to find that hiding place in Jesus Christ, if we desire to be hidden with him, if we desire for our our name to not be known and our face to not be seen, but only his, we have to take off the old man. This is what happens in baptism. The old man is passed away and all things are become new. You put on his name. You take on uh, the, the list of sins that he committed, which let me remind you was none. And your sins have been remitted and are washed away. Paul lists all these things that we're going to turn from when we are hid with Christ. Verse 10 is the turn. And now have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. When you put on that new man, it's not like a jacket or a coat that you put on to run through the rain. And when you get into wherever you're going, you take it off and say, okay, now I'm safe. When you put on the new man, it's a thing you're going to put on and you're never going to take it off. You can't put on the new man when you want to. 
You can't put on the new man when, you, when, you, when pastor's watching. You can't put on the new man when you think the Lord is testing you. Okay, God, I did something bad. Here we go. Let's, whatever it is, Lord, clean me out, God. And then as soon as that thing's passed, you're like, well, forget that. You know, I made it out of the clear. I'm all good. You, t- you take off the new man. You put back on the old man. When you put on the, the new man, you put on that, that cloak of humility, that, the jacket of Jesus Christ, don't take that off. That's something you put on and wear forever. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. When we're hid with Christ, who we are disappears. When we're hid with Christ, not only does he just take away our past and our sins and erase all those, and we say, thank you, Jesus, my ugly past is gone, but also your ugly future is gone because he's going to erase who you are. And all of a sudden, the, the, the flesh like rises up and they're like, well, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to disappear. The, the flesh loves to hear its name. You ever been complimented before? And maybe, maybe you were like, oh, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. And you're saying it, but all the, all the while you're thinking, I kind of felt good. And maybe you're like, maybe you are uncomfortable because you're like, I don't want my name in, in lights, but but it doesn't feel bad at the same time. The flesh loves to hear its name. There will be always this, 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 this war in your mind that is always pushing for more ambition to make a greater kingdom out of your own life. And when you put on the new man, we have to kill that war. I'm not here to make a great name for Tyler. I'm not here so people know how to finally pronounce Kovach. I'm not here so that you, you see my face. I don't want people to think I'm great. I want them to think he's great. I'm not here to glorify myself. I don't want people to know me. Listen, I've been around me long enough. And I know I'm not cut out for it. And you've been around you long enough. And you know that there's been things that you've done and said. And you're like, I'm, just t- I'm tired of those, those, those rudiments of the world always constantly pushing through and, and saying things when I shouldn't have said that. Why, why? I can't even have control of my tongue. That's when we take off the old man and put on the new man every single day. Lord, I, I crucify my flesh today. When, when Paul says, I die daily, he's talking about I die daily. You can't die daily in the morning at a time of repentance and at three o'clock in the afternoon try to be promoting your name, climbing the ranks at work, stepping on people over the corporate ladder. You can't die daily in the morning and then at night come in and just be terrible to your family. You can't crucify your flesh in the morning and say, God, I'm gonna do whatever you have for me today. And at night, just be a terror to the people around you that love you most and you love most. When you crucify the flesh, It's every moment of every single day, not my will, but what he wills. I take off that old man, I hide in Christ, and I put on that new man. There's neither Greek nor Jew. It doesn't matter who you are. When you're hid in Christ, your name is gone. Maybe your name is great. Maybe your name is not. It doesn't matter. His name is great. And when you are hidden in Christ, you wear his name. 
Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long suffering. It's easy in the morning to get up and read these verses and pray and say, Lord, make this a part of my day and make this me, get this word in my heart today, God. Let me exude your word. And then at 10 o'clock at night, it's a little harder to go, okay, was I all of these things today? Was there anger in my heart? Was there wrath in my mouth? Was there malice? Was there blasphemy in my spirit? Did filthy communication come out of my mouth? Was there at any point where I got out of that hiding place with God and started trying to promote my flesh and promote my name? Or did I forbear one another in love and forgive one another all day long? If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do also ye. And above all these things, put on charity. Wear charity, which is the bond of perfectness. The jacket of Jesus, the jacket of love, putting on charity, that's the thing that keeps us all bound together. It's the bond of perfectness. When you wear him, we all operate in unity and in harmony. When you wear him, we all operate how we're supposed to. When I'm wearing Jesus and someone else is not, or when someone else is wearing Jesus and I'm not, harmony is not gonna happen because we we can't get along together. We can't see things eye to eye. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Put on charity, put on love. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body. And be thankful, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymn and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all of it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything you do, give thanks to God and the Father by him. He, he, he's very uh, kind of like atmospherical with being hid in Christ and being tucked away in Christ, buried with him in baptism. And, and he's kind of just out there and you're like, okay, yes, let's get in Christ. Let's, let's be hid in him. And then in, in chapter three, he gets really practical with the things we actually do. Again, these are not things that we can just choose to stop doing. I can't just say, okay, I'm gonna stop being angry now. And then I have an angry thought and I get angry about being angry. That's not, that's not how it works. Through the Spirit, like in Romans chapter 8, all of these things are done through the Spirit. This is just a list of what will happen when you live in the Spirit. These are not a checklist of things that we say, okay, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. Okay, these are the things I need to do. I need to put on the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long suffering. Okay, let me do all those things. It's not how you do it, a checklist, and you can't just get up in the morning and say, this is what I'm going to do. It's in the spirit that these things happen. Paul's just giving you a very practical look of when you live in the spirit and when you are hidden in Christ, this is what it will look like. And when you're not hidden in Christ, this is what it will look like. Filthy communication will come out of your mouth. You won't be in a bond of perfectness with one another because you're not hid in Christ, because you're not dead. Your flesh has resurrected itself and said, let's go be flesh today. Uh, verse 18 of chapter three, my lovely wife is teaching the girls, the youth girls upstairs. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. When Paul is writing this letter, he's writing it to the Roman family who is very uh, caught up in the idea that it's an authoritarian role. The dad just comes in and does what he wants. 
He tells the wife to do what she's going to do. He tells the kids they're just objects. We're just going to raise you to, be, to raise our name. The, the, the dad was the ruler of it all because when you looked at the ruler of the countries, the rulers were just the rulers of it all. And they just followed that suit. And Paul comes in here and says, we're going to flip this just a little bit. He says, wives, this might sound tough initially. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit, like you would submit yourself to the Lord. That sounds tough until you realize that husbands, you are also to love your wives and be not bitter against them. Love them as Christ loved and gave himself for the church. Children, maybe your dad was, was rude and ruthless, but he's going to be different now. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And fathers, don't just let your children obey you in all things, but don't provoke them to wrath. Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. This is what it looks like to be hidden in Christ. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not just with eye service, not just with trying to do things so that they see you and appreciate it as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart and purity, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the day of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord God. Every moment of every day, whether you're at home, whether you're at the workplace, whether you're at a restaurant, whether you're dining in at a restaurant, whether you're serving someone at a restaurant, wherever you are, the things that you do are serving the Lord. If I'm, if I'm, serve, if I'm working at a restaurant and I'm serving someone, I'm going to serve them like I'm serving Jesus Christ. If I'm dining at a restaurant and the waiter has charged me twice the correct amount of my bill, I'm going to treat her like she's Jesus Christ. That happened to us on Monday. Caitlin brought it back and she said, oh no. And it was over double what our actual bill was. And so we just waited politely and just, she came back over and she said, you guys, you guys doing okay? We just said, yeah, it's, we got charged the wrong amount. No big deal. If you could just switch it, we'll take our bill and be on our way. She was like, oh my goodness, you should have like stood up and waved your hands and something. And I'm like, no, it's okay. We love you. I'm not here to berate you. I'm not here to tell you you did the wrong thing. We are here to serve Jesus Christ. And when you serve the least of these, you're serving him. Everything you do, every action, every transaction, you are serving Jesus Christ. And so when you have that transaction at Kroger or wherever you're at and you're making a purchase and she's like, how's your day? And you're like, good, and just keep moving. You don't even make eye contact. Thanks, have a great day. Just move on. Treat them like they're Jesus Christ. How's your day? You doing okay? Has it been busy today? Everything you do, you are serving Jesus Christ. We are here to be his hands and feet. And every person we serve, we serve like they are Jesus Christ. And everything you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto men. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. We are not to be authoritarian anymore and hold power over people's heads. If you are a boss over somebody, just remember that there's also a boss over you. Given to your servants that which is just and which is equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven, and he will give you what is just and equal and probably more than he should. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I might make manifest what as I ought to speak. And here's his last two admonishments to the church. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. You know how wise Jesus was? He was the wisest. There was no one wiser. 
So yet everyone he's walking around is without the wisdom that he's with, right? Did that make sense? Did that come out all right? He's got all the wisdom and compared to him, I have none. And as he's walking through the earth, he's not treating people like they're dumb people who don't have any wisdom. He's like, let me help you out. Let me explain these things to you. I know that this is a hard saying. Let me break it down. That's how we're to be. I know you've got the Holy Ghost. I know that you've been filled and have a a renewal of life. But when you come into contact with someone who's struggling, do not treat them like you don't remember where you came from. We walk in wisdom even to those that are without, redeeming the time, making most of every situation. And here may be the hardest in 2023, especially for some of the people in our youth group, including the youth pastor. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Pastor says sometimes our grace, uh, our speech is always with salt, seasoned with grace. And that's not how it should be. Our speech should be always grace, seasoned with salt. Now, if I'm a fleshly fallen human being, how is it possible that I'm always speaking grace? If it's my words, I can't. If it's his words, it won't be anything but grace. It won't be anything but truth. So what do I have to do? I have to get corrupt communication out of my mouth. What's corrupt communication? Basically anything that a human flesh would say. What's a graceful communication? Basically anything the Holy Ghost would say. Watch your tongue. Bite your tongue. Let the Lord speak through your, let let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every single person. As a dad, I've come into contact with coming home to a wife and kids now. Maybe you've had a a good morning and a great day and and your day gets tougher and tougher and you get home and you're tired. It's 5.30 or it's 6.15. It took you an hour to get home from church because of all the traffic on Montgomery Road. You come home and the people that you're supposed to be closest to and the boys that have been put in your charge, now they don't get the, the loving kindness of the father that you got. Now, now they just get your tiredness. It's extremely important that our home, as in the workplace, we're the same person. I know we want to be a light to this world. We sing about it. We dance about it. We rejoice over it. But in my home, if I'm not the light of the world to my kids, I failed. I don't want my kids to to watch a live stream or hear me preach about being hid in Christ. And then I get home and I have a sharp tongue towards them. I've, I've just negated everything I taught. If I get up here and say, we've got to just speak with grace and, and be Jesus to the world. And then I get home and I'm, I have no patience for them. And I have no long suffering for my wife and for my kids. They suddenly stop believing what I'm preaching and what I'm teaching. The same goes for you. When you go home, the people that are most vulnerable around you, when you go home, you're the most vulnerable version of yourself. And when you go home, it is so important that we also are just like Jesus there, just like we were in the marketplace, trying to be a witness. Lord, let me be a witness to my kids. Let me be a witness to my wife. Because if you say something negative in front of somebody, 
They might hear it and, and then discredit everything you're going to say after that. But Tyreek asked a question last week. We did small groups for the guys, and all the guys were together, and we were talking about our mouths, and you can play basketball, and you can play football, and you can play softball. And you just start jarring, you just start talking, you just start, man, that was a terrible shot. I don't even have a good shot, but I'll make fun of somebody for having a terrible shot. And you start making fun of people, and you're just going back and forth. And Tyreek said, you know, where does, it, where does, that, line, uh, where does that line get drawn where it goes from teasing to offensive? And I told, I told Tyreek, I said, well, here's what I've heard pastors say. If you're in a situation where I know Brother Jamie and we're close and, and I know him and I can, I can have a relationship and talk with him and I, and I say something about him and maybe he's not offended by it, but someone else is, then the next time I go to say something, they're scared of me because they've heard me tear down someone else. That's, that's how our speech loses the seasoning of, of grace. It's too much salt. You immediately disqualify yourself for ever speaking something full of life into their situation. Does that make sense? Because you, they're waiting to hear life from you. But what they remember is you saying something negative over here. And you have suddenly disqualified yourself entirely from being able to speak to them. Because now they've got a wall up because they're thinking, I heard what he said about that guy. And I'm afraid of them now. To be hidden in Christ means that everything you say and everything you don't say is seasoned with salt, but is all grace. It's all grace. Maybe there's something you could say, don't say it. Maybe there's something you could say, and saying it is saying grace, and you just, you don't say it. That's what it looks like to be hidden in Christ. Amen. There was a point in Acts where they're in the upper room, and they're in this powerful prayer meeting. The Holy Ghost was poured out. Can you imagine being in that, in that upper room and for the first time ever, 120 people are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and they all start speaking in other tongues and you're like, this is, this is that. Let me help Peter write his message. This is that what Joel was talking about. You, and you're so excited. Would you ever want to leave that moment? I want to stay there forever. If I'm in the upper room, I'm like, you can't drag me out. I don't care whose house this is. I'll pay rent. I'm not leaving. This was the most amazing supernatural thing that's ever happened. It's the, it's the crux. It's the climax of the whole entire Bible. Now God's not just above us, but now God is within us. I can't believe I was a part of this. And yet they have to take that hiding place that they found in his presence and they need to go out. They need to be outside because people are asking, what, what is that? And what meaneth this? And that hiding place that they found in his presence, they need to take that hiding place out. I remember when there was a couple days of continual prayer after the Asbury revival, Brother Sizemore preached a, a, a remarkable message, revive us, oh God. And there, was, there was prayer on that Saturday before with men's prayer. There was prayer that evening, just people gathered back. Uh, there was Monday night prayer, Tuesday night ladies prayer. Wednesday night was prayer in here after Bible study. Thursday was another ladies prayer. Friday, the youth gathered. Saturday, men were back in here. We just had a couple days of continual prayer and people were just so hungry to be in the presence of God and tarrying. And I, I talked with Brother Brian Duvall and I said, I love this. I love being in here. And I, I, I love this atmosphere of hunger and, and receiving that we're getting. But at the same time, we can't, we can't just stay here. We can't just fall in love with our face in this carpet and say, I found a hiding place right here. Or maybe it's right over here. Maybe it's in your seat. You've knelt down. Maybe it's in your prayer closet at home and you've gotten so comfortable in that hiding place. You just, I never want to leave. I want to be in that presence of God forever. We can't, we can't just bottle that up and stay 
here. We have to be hidden in plain sight. They're, they're asking, what meaneth this? They're asking for this. They're hungry and thirsty for this, and you have it. And I, here's, what, here's not what I'm telling you to do tonight. I'm not saying that you go and say, I've got all the answers. I'm actually saying you go and do nothing. I'm saying you go and let Jesus Christ do everything through you. That we stay hidden in him. When I go from this place tonight and prayer is over and Brother Jeremy shuts the, the, the soundboard down and the lights go off and we leave, you are still hidden in that place, but now you're hidden in plain sight. You're hidden in him, but people can still see you. You're hidden in him, but I, I don't want to be seen anymore. This is, this is what happens when Paul is, is, is on the road to Damascus, on his way to crucify Christians. And all of a sudden he has an encounter with God and he says, I'll never be the same that he found that hiding place and he took that hiding place out. He said, I'm, I'm never leaving this spot. I'm going to take this presence of God that I felt and I'm going to go share it with the world. That's what changes when you find that hiding place. Peter one day is cutting off people's ears, trying to defend and be the security team for Jesus, then denying his savior. And a couple weeks later, he's up preaching on the day of Pentecost. He found that hiding place and he took it out from there. John found that hiding place on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, this is the most incredible thing I've never seen. This is revelation of Jesus Christ in his, in his fullness. He can't even be, like, begin to describe what he's actually seeing. The, the feet that are shining and the eyes that are burning like fire. And I just don't even know what I'm truly looking at right now. This is the, the, the unlimited version of Jesus Christ. The man I knew, this is him with no restrictions at all. What a hiding place to find. And yet he says, I'm going to write this down. You need to send it to the churches. And when you, when you send this letter, you need to read all 22 chapters of it aloud. That's what Revelation is supposed to be. It's supposed to be read aloud to, to all the churches. Reach, read that whole letter aloud. Don't just find that hiding place and say, wow, this is fantastic. I'm so glad that I found it. But get it and share it. Find that hiding place in Jesus Christ and don't stay there. But go out in your world and be hidden in plain sight in him. This is why Paul uses things like, uh, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He's saying, if I'm living in this earth, you see me, but you see him. If I'm going to be alive, you're not going to look at Tyler. You're going to look at Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, if, if I am living on, if I die, it's gain because I get to go be with him. But if I'm living on this earth, then it is for Christ to live on this earth. I'm not gonna do anything that's not backed up by his spirit. That's why Paul says these things. I wanna be hidden in Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says, uh, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives within me. I, I, I'm dead, but I'm living, but I'm dead to my sins. But when you see me, you don't see me, you see him. That is my prayer tonight. I'm tired of people seeing Tyler. I'm tired of people hearing Tyler. I'm tired of people being uh, treated badly by Tyler. I want them to see him. But I don't want to be just hidden in him that no one ever experiences his presence. I don't just want to go and, and get a cabin for a week and for a year and just shut myself away with God forever and never come out. What good does that do? I'm going to hide myself in his presence and I'm going to go be hidden in plain sight. Let's stand all over this place tonight. When I speak, I want it to be him. I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be his words.
I want to be so hidden that they only hear Jesus. I want to be so hidden that they only see Jesus. I want to be so hidden that they only experience and encounter Jesus. I know that you've been around a couple of those people in your life where you're like, that person was a remarkable person. I felt like I was with the Lord when I was with them. I felt the presence of God through them. That, that, that's, that's what I desire to be. And not even so that I can be great in being Tyler. I, I, want, I just want people to experience his presence. I want them to see him in me. I'm not here to make a name for myself. And we shouldn't be here to make a name for our church. We should be here so that they know Jesus Christ's presence is here. I don't want people to say, wow, look at Tree of Life. Look at that brand new building. Look at all those seats. Look at all those parking spots. Look at their centralized and modern bathrooms they now have. And the state of the art, all the things they prayed for on the Ready Now commitment cards. Look, look, at, look at what God, look at them. I want them to look at Tree of Life and go, that's where the presence of the Lord is. I want them to look, I want them to hear Tree of Life through the, the live stream and through the podcast. I want them to, to hear all of it and I want them to hear Jesus Christ. I don't want them to hear singers trying to make a name for themselves. I, they're, they're not going to hear a preacher or a pastor trying to make a name for himself. They're going to hear Jesus Christ. And when you go from this place and you tell people where you go to church, you should be encouraged to say, I go to Tree of Life. And people there are just like Jesus. And you're, you're, you're going to see smiling faces. It's going to be Jesus because we have hidden our lives with Christ. I look around this room tonight and I see testimonies of, of, of lives that were not hidden with Christ in the past, but lives that are hidden with Christ now. I ran into Brother Mark up in the hallway and he said, hey, Brother Tyler, have you seen that projector? And I said, yeah, I think it's in that room. And that was it. And then we walked away. I hope you found it. And I walked away going, Mark Purdy is alive that was not hidden with Christ just, what, 10 years ago? But as now you look at Brother Purdy and you say, that's a man who hid his life, hid his past, hid his present, and hid his future in Jesus Christ. But Jamie, I was counting on you to be at service tonight. You look at Brother Jamie Diley and you say, that was a life that in the past was not hidden with Christ. But now he found that hiding place and he has hidden his past his present and his future in Jesus Christ. There's testimonies all over this room of lives that were once lived in the flesh. For one day, you once lived in all these things. You walked in some time when you lived in those things, but now you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. Lord, I love you, Jesus. God, I thank you today, Lord, for washing away every one of my sins. I thank you, Lord, that you have hidden my past today, God. You have remitted our sins today, Lord. You have filled us all with the gift of the Holy Ghost today, Jesus. We're thankful today, God, that you took those things, you blotted them out, you nailed them to the cross. But Lord, just as thankful as we are for the past that you have erased, God, I'm even more thankful for the future of Tyler that you've erased. I don't want to see my name anywhere in lights, God. I don't want to see my face anywhere, Jesus. I'm not here with ambition today, God, to make a kingdom for myself, Lord. I want to be hidden in you. 
I want my life to be hidden in you. I want my words to be hidden in you. I want my actions and my reactions to be hidden in you, God. I'm mortified today, Jesus, through the spirit, the works of the flesh today, God. And I ask, Lord, that every person in this building today, Jesus, you would hide us in your presence, God. And as we go from this place, let us be hide, let us be hidden in you. Let us be hiding in your presence so that your voice and words can speak. Let us be so hidden in your presence today, Lord, that they don't see us, but that they see you. This altar is open tonight if you'd like to find a place to pray. If you'd like to find a hiding place, I encourage you to do so. And even more than that, I encourage you to take that hiding place you find tonight with you from this building and be hidden in plain sight. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Praise the Lord. This is one of the definite greatest honors of my life to baptize my daughter, but I'm just thankful that she has responded to the call to place the name of Jesus Christ over her and over her life. And if we could just pray with me, church. Um, and I just thank all of you in this congregation that have poured into her and into my family. You all mean so much to us. So if you would pray with me, Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you tonight, God, for putting on her heart, God, to take your name over her. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you order her footsteps, God. And I just thank you, Lord God, for your calling, God, and your purpose and your plan for her, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you bless her tonight, God. And I thank you again for the, for the responding to the call that you've put on her heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus.